Well, welcome to another edition of the podcast. It's episode 27, and uh, it's Sunday, May 31st, 2020. Lots of things going on in the uh, world today, so get Diggler on the line and kind of talk about uh, everything that's been going on this weekend. It's been pretty crazy, so no further ado, here's uh, Mr. Diggler. Hey, what's up, Pards? What's up, buddy? Man, a lot of things going on in this world today. All the things looking down your block. You look up and down, you got anybody walking down with getting ready to break in some windows and shit. Uh, you know, it's pretty quiet in Edmonds, I gotta I gotta say. Um I, I haven't seen anything. Kind of quiet in Tacoma too. Yeah, I didn't I, I would be I wouldn't actually surprised to hear that in Tacoma because um you know, I mean shit's going down not only in Seattle, but Bellevue and, you know, I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, hey, I'm not saying, I'm not saying there's not a couple of bad coppers out there, but most of the coppers are pretty good. I've never had. We got to remember that. I haven't had too many, you know, instances with uh, cops in Tacoma where they were ever bad. No, I mean, no, I mean, as long as you present yourself correctly and you just let them do their job real quick and, I mean, that's how I always look at it. It's like, shit, you had your nose bleeding. I was drenched in blood. And they go, what's going on? I'm like, it's his birthday. It's okay. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Well, they're like, get the fuck out of here. Oh, you know, it's, I mean, no, if me and you saw a couple of cops coming and we were in a fight, we would probably cut the fight out. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, like, I mean, most people, and that, most people, when they hear the, police lights kind of scram anyway but you know it's it's these fuckers on tv that are provoking the police for no reason you know they're throwing you know bottle uh, frozen bottles of water at them and setting their i mean shit did you watch anything on tv today from like this on the east coast oh yeah oh yeah i watched a lot of that i I watched i watched uh all all yesterday on uh seattle jesus yeah i mean you know it is those things, I think there are certain outside influences, and I think it has something to do with a group that starts with an A and ends with an A, and they just cause problems. They they definitely contribute. I'm not saying that, you know, I can't... Well, put it this way. You know what's, what is hilarious to me is they were trying, a lot of those news networks are trying to say how the cops laid kid hands on the protest the protests uh, in Michigan that were armed. Okay. And they're trying to, they were like, it's so kid gloves there and they got, they're armed and they're militants and this and that. And then you guys, you got all these people that are just protesting and, uh, the cops are all over and I'm, I'm like, well, nobody in the, uh, when they brought their guns to the Capitol or to the, uh, governor's right, right. Not, you know, <laughs> nobody fired a weapon. There was no fights that broke out. I don't remember any windows, let alone bonfires in the middle of streets cracking. And if anything, they were there. I, I honestly do believe that if you are a law abiding citizen and you own a gun, you actually 
feel that you have more responsibility than majority of people out there. I think a majority of people that don't own guns, they don't feel like they have a responsibility, so they act a lot more reckless and dangerous. And the people that are really reckless and dangerous are the ones that own guns illegally. I agree. Um, you know what's happening right now? I mean, the whole world's going to hell right now with these protests, but um, in Snohomish, the, ta- the town of Snohomish, there, there's armed mm-hmm. citizens trying to protect the... Um, not like there's any fucking protests happening there, but they're they're out there making a stance saying, listen, if you're going to do that shit around here, you're not taking our businesses down, and we're out here to help the police. And they're out there shaking the cops' hands and shaking each other's hands and say, listen, I see you, you see me, we're not going to let that shit happen in our town. You know, I was watching a thing on on uh, online today before I talked to you, and it was uh, Mayor Rudy Giuliani back when he was uh, mayor of New York. He inherited two riots right before he took office, and he was in office for eight years and never had a riot. And he was pointing out a fact that when he goes, first off, that situation should have never happened with the guy on the neck and stuff like that. The other cops should have just said, hey, he's had enough, get up, right. get up, get right. up, you know, and... And the thing is, it's like with these riots going on in Seattle and stuff especially, is that they have a lot of the, uh, so you have the blue shirt cops, and then you have the white shirt cops. The white shirt cops aren't cops. They are like uh, super high ups, but they they direct the officers. The officers get directed by them before they get directed by the governor or the mayor. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like saying you got some colonels in the army. You know what I mean? Sure. These guys aren't like sergeants. They're like colonels. No, they're leading the tur- troops. Like if they say something, those cops respond because there's a certain amount of respect and authority that these guys have on them. So before and I, the thing is, before I got, if a, they had a lot of, what? before I got on the podcast, like you're talking about basically there's leadership out there. I mean, kind of instead of directing the troops, um, I was watching the Bellevue police chief literally get out there and talk to protesters on a megaphone, and it was live on King 5, and uh, I thought that was pretty effective. Meanwhile, in the background, fucking, Mm -hmm. you know, Bellevue Square is getting looted, Uh, a truck's on fire, you know, like, I mean, in Bellevue, you know, I mean, it's like... Don't don't get me wrong, there there are honest protesters out there that are mad, but there's a group of people in the shadows that are going around and acting like they're part of the group, causing a lot of this damage. And so, like, I saw that today on Seattle, where, and I saw it on a couple of different uh, city interviews today, where, like, like major ups in the police force were, like, talking to organizers of the protests, and they're like, hey, I know you guys are trying to do an honest and peaceful protest, uh, we're going to have the National Guard because they're in town. They're going to be in between these streets. So when you come to us, I'm going to let you know what's going on and we'll just redirect you best to what would have been your best destination, you know, because they still want to protest, which I totally agree with. And they're but letting they're trying to follow them. They're trying to follow them in certain areas and say, hey, stay off the goddamn freeways. I don't know why when people protest, they think it's okay to jump on the fucking freeway. Yeah, no shit. 
But well, the thing is, protest, protest, and make sure that those people that are causing the damage and the the looting, make sure that they aren't part of your group. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's possible to do because I mean, like the the guys that are are organizing the peaceful protests, you know, um, <laughs> those guys actually contacted the police and uh, said, "Hey, we're going to be doing this," and. Uh, yeah, we just we exactly. want, we want input from you guys what we should do so no one gets hurt, and that's good. But you yeah, know, the, the cops want to help too. The cops want you to do your freedom of speech and shit. You know, sure. But, sure. but the flip, I mean, flip they, side they, is they, flip side is there's been people that have been trapped in their fucking house for three months, maybe don't have a job. They think about killing themselves. They can barely get anything to eat. This is a way of a little bit of shadow to go loot, go steal some shit flip that shit on craigslist ebay offer up whatever you know i mean there's people thinking like that too so i mean but but you're also saying that's not right no i'm just saying like there's a lot of frust a a variety of frustrations being let out in these protests and it's not it's not just that the you know another black guy died on the street i mean there should be no it creates opportunity yeah, it's creating opportunity for other people to go loot, and um, yeah, I mean, there's there's crazy ass groups that um, one that we're talking about on TV today. I can't remember their names. You're right, the one that starts with the A or whatever. I mean, there's o- there's o- always been those groups, you know, but now particularly, not do you just have people out there pro- protesting? You got people out there they're protesting and getting angry, and then you're getting people that are. You are opportunists, you know, to see like, okay, if one person starts it, then everybody starts it. And then you've got, you know, the, um, these crazy terrorist groups that are out there trying to stir the pot. So between the, those four different classes of people out there, not everybody's out there for the same reason. You know, that's the fucked up part. I mean, I, I can't believe like people going into Bellevue square mall and literally just smashing windows and taking shit. I can't believe that they're doing it downtown Seattle. I can't believe that sh- fucking cars, cop cars, were on fire, man. I mean, I'm almost surprised. Didn't, I'm almost surprised that didn't happen earlier because nobody's been at work. Nobody's been in those stores. To be honest with you, I've been saying that for oh, no. a, a long time amongst you know privately and stuff. I was like, you know, this whole pandemic, you know, keeping people locked in for so long. At some point, some someone something's going to break and there's going to be riots and. You know, a couple months in, I was actually surprised that there were not, and um, it just takes. Well, I th- well, I think that was a good way of getting unemployment money to people and stuff like that. You know, where they were, but I mean, eventually, certain people that aren't getting unemployment or used to making money differently than legally, they're going to have to start smashing and right robbing shit. And some of those people, like you know, if they're independent contractor or um, you know, maybe they work at a, a something that was based off of tips, they're not getting the type of money that they were getting before. So, you know, most people leave, live to the ends of their means, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. And once mm-hmm. it's taken down like 25, 50, 75%, you know, and you're living off of a government wage, whatever they decide, man, shit, it's the fan real quick. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I got lucky, you know, um, with the deal that I got, but, um, not everybody, one is aware of it. I got in early. I was actually working the, the music, you know, um, 
um, program at the airport. So like we were one of the first ones to lose our jobs, but you know, because of that, you know, we all kind of knew to like, okay, here's what we need to do next. And there was even thought that we might get paid for our, um, efforts anyways, because we're on contract with the airport, but you know, we haven't gotten any of that money. So I'm glad that I've been able to get taken care of by the government, but at the same time, there are people that just didn't have know that information and maybe fucking who knows if they're even on this fucking earth, man. Like people do desperate things. But, uh, on the other end too, you don't want to be taken care of by the government for your, your entire life. You want to do what you want to do. Right. Independently. Well, of course you of, want to get, of you course, want to, you but want I, to get it's hard for me to get back to work. Even as an independent contractor, if other people can't go to work, cause I depend on them doing their thing. Right. So it's um if you I depend, you depend on people's people's leisure and business the same thing I do well, my there, business my is all about leisure and business well if there's no business to do other people are trying to do business like there is no business you know so we got all got to get back to work and then that will, that will change a lot but um you know the the other thing with all these riots and stuff happening all over not just here in Washington State but across the country but like. You see anybody with, um, you know, standing six feet away from each other? No. <laughs> you know, there's a high, a high likely possibility that the COVID thing might come back stronger in a couple of weeks. I mean, the, we'll see by the numbers, but there's sure a hell of a lot of people that are getting within six feet of each other. I mean, even, you, I, you, hear what the, you hear what the governor of Minnesota was trying to do? No. She was like, she was like, well, you guys are going to riot or you guys are going to protest peacefully. That's great. Even though they started rioting mm -hmm. and she's like, well, even if you're rioting and burning down shit, they actually transported, uh, PPE stuff down there, like face masks. They, they distributed face masks to the protesters and the rioters. Well, they became rioters at that time. I, I also, and they're like, well, if you're going to burn shit down, you should at least have a face mask. I believe those face masks actually help enable the rioting because like i mean you're covering your face you know video comes back oh who was it who was it oh it was that white guy or that black guy wearing a mask that's not a whole lot to go off of so did you hear that uh oh quite a few of biden joe biden's aides aides sleepy sleepy joe's aides uh posted bell and uh, uh are covering court costs for a lot of the rioters I mean, in like, those states. I mean, like, why? Like, I mean, because they're potential voters? I don't know. No, they're trying to con control the narrative still that these guys didn't do anything wrong. There's an injustice in this world because there's inherent racism. Now, this is a question I'd like to ask you. What do you think about inherent racism? Do you... Have you ever felt racist? I mean, I sit there and I ask myself that a lot lately. And I'm like, no, I like, like, fat jokes and skinny jokes and girl jokes and blonde jokes. And I like black jokes and Asian jokes. Doesn't mean I'm racist. Do I treat those people differently when they come in? Possibly, because a lot of times in retail, when Asians come in, they want to be treated a different way than Americans. They always ask for a deal. you got to be polite because in their culture, it is... Uh, it is ignorant if you do not ask for a deal. So you got to kind of play their game, and everybody has their game, whether or not what culture they're from. 
But after work, when I'm hanging out and having beers with a buddy of mine and I'm bullshitting about my day and I'm talking about, you know, this Asian that was like, I'll buy now no tax. No, I, I think that shit's, I, I think that shit's funny because I'm American and I think differently. Do I think little of them or, or less of them than me? No, it's just, I understand it's part of their culture. Same thing with black culture or Mexican culture or, you know. I mean, I just understand culture is different with other people, but I like to make fun of it. Does that make me a racist? Um, I think it depends on your intent, but, you know, like the best, recently I've heard a really good um, explanation of um, racism from uh, guys that serve on the front line in our military. And they're like, listen, I don't care if the guy next to me is black, white, or yellow. We're trying to protect ourselves out here. It doesn't matter. It's, it's. You know, I think what happens socially is it becomes an us versus them, you know, because you know the corporate world is competitive. It, it's men versus women. It's the the blacks versus the whites. It's the Asians versus you know. I mean, they're all competitive, right? They're all fighting for their families and fighting for their beliefs and things like that. When re- really we're all Americans. When we're rallied behind one particular thing it doesn't matter but i think that we use the race card um i think all races use the race card uh to justify why things don't happen for them um and that's kind of fucked up you know i mean i believe that things are changing i believe that you know like 1950s america versus 2020s america is 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 quite the progress you know with the whole civil rights and you know i mean definitely through the nineties and two thousands, like there's been some significant progress when it comes to race, when it comes to sexual orientation, religion, everything. I mean, I, I don't know. I judge some, I judge somebody and I would hope that everybody else does this, but on their actions and how they treat other people straight up. I mean, if you can't live by the, it sounds corny, but the golden rule, like, I mean, you want to treat others how you would want to be treated, right? Totally, totally. And there's a lot of times where I treat people the way I, like, when I go shopping and stuff, if I see an old person or something, because I know I'm taking care of my parents, so I figure, well, I can pay forward a, a, a good deed to somebody's parents. Hopefully it'll come back to me, but I never expect it to. I just... I think I'm in the state of mind where I take care of my parents. So when I see an old person that's like just got done taking their groceries out of their tr- car and putting them or, or out of their cart, putting them in the trunk and I'm apt to be walking back up. I'm like, Hey, sir, ma'am, you, you want me to walk that back up for you? I'm going in anyway. And they're like, Oh, thank you, young man. You know, and I got gray hair going and I'm like, Hey, I appreciate it. Whatever. <laughs> you know, but I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's, treat others how you want to be treated right look at each other look at somebody else how you want somebody to look at you but i mean sometimes sometimes when you sometimes when you got a pickle up your ass you're like "Eh, i want to go get drunk tonight and go look for a fight sure yeah sometimes i'm the asshole right you know i mean but um well i'm not saying it's the asshole it's just you know there's other competitive guys out there too. And you're like, yeah, I'd like to go see somebody who thinks they're a bigger shit, you know, or something like that. It's not, you know, and it's, and 
for us guys, though, it's a fun night out. It's like we're probably not going to get in a fight, but I don't think it's know. I don't think it's trying to pick on other people. I think it's like not not liking someone to tell you what to do, like so, telling you no. That that always well, you know every time that you know, you know every somebody. go out there's going to be a jackass that looks at you the you know some guy that's just a jerk. Every time you have, have you ever gone out of at a night and never saw a guy that got so belligerently drunk or he just maybe had a couple of beers or maybe he had a bad night. He was just being a dick to everybody. And this guy's normally a dick. You're going to have to see a guy like that anyway, going out and having a drink or two. No, I don't always see people like that. I'd say the majority of the people are pretty cool. But like when you see escalations, it's usually over somebody's girlfriend or it's over getting cut off or it's just, I mean, it's, I don't know. Stupid shit. Yeah. It's stupid shit. It's nothing like you know anybody purposely went out and did you know unless something shitty happens someone says something a little snide and you know it rubs them the wrong way then all of a sudden they're like not willing to back down and then it turns physical or you know or whatever but i don't know um i would say the majority of people are pretty well-mannered and things like that but when shit like this happens you get opportunists and when people are desperate, they do desperate things. And just like we saw in fucking Philadelphia, like, I mean, people were robbing, you know, um, the fucking, um, you know, corner store and they're bringing out groceries and shit. I mean, it's not, they're also robbing liquor stores and some other shit too. But I mean, it's not like, I don't know, what can you possibly get? You know, but you know what I find, you know what I find disheartening. I was watching a TV clip the other day and one of the streets they walked down there was this lady in a second story apartment building and she was looking at her window scared and uh they went down and they uh they busted it in the walgreens took everything out of the walgreens and they went to like her like a local target i think and uh these are all these are all businesses walking distance for this old older nice black lady and she was crying to the news she's like that's where i do all my shopping they went and looted it and they broke everything where am i going to be able to do my shopping anymore I, it's not like i can get on a public transportation right now and go do my shopping you know i got nobody to help me what am i going to do and and this is a poor elderly black lady and this whole riot thing was supposed to be about uh um, Don't, you mean unjust, the protest? <laughs> the whole protest was unjust to a black person, and yet her own people or the people that are representing the movement just made this woman's life really difficult in the middle of a pandemic, and she's in that range where if she has to travel a lot, she might get infected. You know, it's kind of like, if you got a protest, make a point. That's why I like the guys with the guns that pro- protested the lockdown and they were using their Second Amendment rights, but they, they didn't do anything. In fact, when they left, they were picking up garbage on the street and put it in the, into the garbage bins and shit. They didn't leave any litter. And then you got some of these protesters that just go through and they break everything, they destroy everything. Right. Well, I don't I don't think that there's... I think that you could just as easily set off 
one of those dudes with a gun. I don't think that everybody that came out there expressing their Second Amendment right, that's a that's a, a fear tactic, you know, is like, the, hey, you know, we're armed too, you know. I mean, they're just trying to let people know not to, you, not to start shit. the last time you've seen a march like that where somebody actually, a march like that with people with guns, so they actually let off a shot. Well, there that, hasn't been one. There hasn't, but the, how many mass shootings? Never. How many mass shootings have there been? You know, like I mean, I mean people are t- tweaked. I'm not saying somebody that's in one of those rallies is going to start shooting everybody, but no, I'm, I'm just it, saying. Put it, this, put, it this, put it this way: 99.999 percent of those guys carrying a firearm are in great mental state, and women are in great mental state. And if somebody went tweaker mode, that guy would not last long at all. It's kind of like going into an old bar at the OK Corral, and everybody has a gun. No, seriously. I mean, back. I mean, back then, yeah, you had these, you know, shoot-offs and stuff like that, the old Western movies and stuff. But for the most part, everything was pretty much cordial because everybody knew everybody was packing. You know, I don't know. You didn't rape. You didn't rape a girl because you probably thought she had a gun, and if she and if she sees a big guy coming at her in a threatening way a girl's tendency is probably going to go for the firearm because she knows as soon as she gets on the ground, she has no chance. But at least if she has a firearm, she's, she's got some protection. I'll tell you what, you know, I'll, that's the whole we saw a great, great example here in Seattle with a guy that was a security officer that had a gun when those two cop cars or those several cop cars were getting bro- fire. broken into. They took out two AK 47s and one guy is literally a security guard pulled out like his Glock or whatever right to the guy's chest and then took the fucking yeah, AK. Yeah, give it to me. He, took he it away had, from him. He already had, the, you see he how, already had his AR-15 too. He had an AR-15 around his neck. Did you see how quickly but the guy just the, gave it up? Mm-hmm. No, he was taking them back from those. Those were, I think, both from the cop car. There was two of them that were stolen. The guy got them. Like, that's fucking crazy. He only got, well, he only got one. I, I heard the other one is still... Missing. No, they got it back. They got it back. I I, I did hear that. They well, I know they got the one them. back. I didn't know they got both of them. Maybe that guy didn't get them both, but he definitely pulled a gun on some guy and just disarmed a motherfucker. Like, I mean, if no, I saw him. He was maybe still style with the with the gun aimed towards the side. I mean, that's and that's down. that's, that's someone and down, and he goes, "Hey, I don't want to shoot you. Give me that gun. That's not yours." That's someone that you know is a responsible gun owner. Was he was he open carrying? I doubt it. You know what I mean? I doubt it. Ooh. No, the, the the security guard. Of course, he was open carry. He had an he had a AR-15 wrapped around his shoulder, and he had a flat. And he also had a uh, ballistic vest. Whether it was whether or not it was a shielded ballistic vest, it was one of those vests that you'd see like in the uh, uh, that the cops wear, but without the might not have been bulletproof. But it had those pockets and shit. Like a tactical you know? vest or something like that. Tactical vest, exactly. I don't know where he was a sc- no security guard from, but I don't know. Like, I mean, that's instances where like res- a responsible person did something that could, that could have been. I mean, that could have been a terrible situation. You know, the guy's got an AR-15, and he's acting like he's. Well, Create a cop season. Like, could, could you imagine if the cop season was just drop it? The guy just kind of looks to him to the side and doesn't drop it. I mean, pretty, you could have another right there. I have a feeling that you know someone like that would use that gun against the cops. I mean, I saw a 
pretty crazy example of that I mean not the, not the gun grabbing but kind of like the hey we got your shit kind of like capture the flag and in this case the flag yeah. w- was a cop hat so you see this kid and a bunch of you know these young black dudes just busting up cars and setting them on fire well they're taking out the tax strips and the fucking one kid finds a cop hat puts it on and then keeps busting up the windows on other cop cars i'm like you start getting that mentality if if those guys found some ar you know fucking 15s you know that could have got ugly you could have saw another you know the cops would shoot that guy i mean if you're a cop and your car's getting lit on fire and someone pulls out the ar-15 that was mounted in there i'm pretty sure that kid would have ended up dead well think about this it's not just one cop all the cops are in the same area. So this kid all of a sudden takes a gun from a cop car that he, that one of his buddies sets on fire. He goes down the street. He runs into a line of officers with their bicycles there. And there's about 15 to 20 of them. And they see him with a, a fucking AR 15. Yeah. And they go, Hey, drop it. You know, that guy's going to get shot by 10, 12 different cops. And, who knows who would have got shot behind him? That's 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 the scary thing about having people with guns at like these big rallies like that. You just don't know how people perceive that. You know, I, I get, well, it's always it's always collateral damage. If I have a gun and I'm a law-abiding citizen, and somebody's getting ready to attack me, I want to defend myself, but I'm more worried. Hey, is there somebody behind him in case I miss or the bullet goes through? Is there somebody, you know, that I might hurt that's not even involved in this? That's certain things that go through your mind when you're a law-abiding citizen. When you're not a law-abiding citizen, you're just like, nobody's going to kill me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect my own. Yeah. Um, it's crazy, like, all this is going on because, you know, these problems with cops killing black, <laughs> black dudes and things like that, now, whether it's, uh, I mean, this guy, his autopsy report said that he was intoxicated. I'm not exactly sure from what, but well, they're going to do a secondary. They're going to do a secondary toxicology on the guy, and and the first toxicology basically thinks that there could have been toxins in the system, but they're not sure. I'd like to know because I still stand by that a knee on your neck can't, can't kill you. Um, I just, I've got too much martial arts experience behind well, me to know no, that. This, this is the thing which I'm still kind of confused, both on conservative and democratic news networks, is that they're almost, when they come across the news, they, they almost sound like they're trying to say that he died while the guy was, had his knee on him. Right. He didn't die. He didn't die when his knee, the knee was on him. He died on the way to the hospital. And they said he was unresponsive for like three minutes and he still had his knee on. He had his knee on him for nine minutes straight, three minutes. He was unconscious towards the end. And then say he died in the ambulance. Uh, well in route, I don't know where they called it, but here's the thing. Rudy Giuliani talked about that too. And they go, <clears throat> they should charge the guy with first-degree murder. No. And if, no, this is why. They should charge him with first-degree murder to plead down to a second degree. 
Well, he's but been charged with a third. I know, but this is, uh, they said you should charge him with a second degree murder. So that way the plea bargains down to a third right now, since they charge him with a third degree murder, if he takes a plea bargain, it's going to be manslaughter and it's not going to be anywhere near a sentence that would be acceptable to people who are furious. Sure. I mean, so that's, that's an interesting point because I mean, if he, if he also didn't get like two years, two to five years instead of I mean, 10 to 15, let me ask, let me ask you this. Like, why was that guy even on the ground? Why did the cop engage with him to begin with? I mean, I don't even know that part. Well, we won't know. And there's no video of it. And, and, and I hate to say it, it's, it kind of doesn't matter now, but it does. The whole, it does totally matter. But I mean, in the public eye, it doesn't matter. The, all the public saw was what they saw. And they're like, that's unacceptable. By the fall, all of a sudden, there was a confrontation and there was resisting arrest. A cop has a certain latitude to apply pressure. I've seen worse. Obviously, obviously, obviously he went overboard. But the thing is, did he try to murder the guy? I don't think so. Did he, did he use excessive force of excessive force? negligently of course he did but i mean and that probably caused his death but did he go in there thinking he was going to kill this guy and because i mean the guy the guy's life's destroyed i know he killed the guy or his actions you know contributed to killing him his action is his, his, his actions now, now were, his, wife, his actions were part of his death i mean if i was holding you on the ground and you were having a seizure and uh you died um, or you had a heart attack or something like that, would I be responsible for not, you know, getting up or letting you up or getting you medical attention when I realized it was happening? Because I think something like that happened to this guy. I think that he, he was fucked up or something, something was up with his health conditions. And by holding him down, the stress of the situation... I mean, for all I know, it's like the, maybe the guy had a heart attack or something. I don't know, but he definitely did not die from. I mean, even the the first um, uh, autopsy said it wasn't a fi- asphyxiation or like any strangulation. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, well, I was just not worried about possible. that guy. I was more worried about his neck being his neck bone broken. broken. If his yeah. neck bone was broken, that's different. I don't but know. But his neck bone wasn't broken. I mean, I mean, either way, he. W- it was ex- way excessive. It wasn't acceptable, but the thing is, it wasn't murder. That's that that we don't know because yeah. we don't know all the circumstances behind it. Like I saw, well, like I saw that one body cam where they blacked out like part of they like they censored it. And I don't know why, but well, this is what, this is what I'm saying though. Murder's murder. Yeah, it wasn't this wasn't premeditated, you know, and it was it wasn't. It wasn't premeditated. It, it, it was a over-excessive for, a force that resulted in a death. And it sucks to say it like that, but I mean, it, most medical explanations are boring. Which means, you know? which means he's going to get charged probably for exactly what he's responsible for, and that's manslaughter. It'd be like hitting someone with a car well, and killing them. 
you know? I mean... But that's the other thing I was saying, though, is that Rudy Giuliani was saying, if you don't charge him with enough for him to take a plea bargain, the plea bargain he's going to get is not going to suffice for the, the anger the family and the nation has, has had for the... You know what I mean? Obviously, the cop was wrong. I... I think the other cops should have been suspended. I don't know if they should have been fired, but they should have definitely stepped in and said, hey, Joe, or whatever, Derek, I guess the guy's name is. Hey, Derek, get off the guy's fucking neck. He's had enough. I'll take it. I'll take it over from here. I'll take him in. And Derek could be like, no, 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 this is my arrest. And he goes, no. You know, you obviously you've lost a little bit of your own self-control. You know, and it is kind of a fact that this uh, cop worked part-time at a bar this guy bounced at. So they probably maybe had a run-in where they didn't like each other. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I I, I need to look and follow, really follow this case because, um, like I said, I think there's two things going on here. People are upset, upset about a black guy, you know, getting basically manhandled by a white, white cop and then died in his custody, basically. That's, that's Can I ask you a real quick question, Brett? Real quick question? Where was, the, where was the anger from the black community when last weekend in the same area there was 13 deaths by black people shooting other black people? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I just think that I think I, think, I, I, think, I understand. I, I this is this is where I think you know. I don't know. Like I mean, this is a definitely, unfortunately, you know, this guy died. But I think that they're using this as a way to. Cut, I, I don't know. Well, put it this I'm not way. saying they it's not a big them. deal. So, I'm not so, saying it's not a big so deal. But I mean, well, this is the problem. They're saying they need to reform the police department because of how they treat citizens, correct? So, in my opinion about the police department, they should just abolish the fact that police officers have, have to is, issue citations. Give police officers a lot more leeway. If they want to let somebody go, they can let them go. It's, you know, give them more leeway because, unfortunately, for cops, a lot of times when they pull you over, there's a step-by-step process they have to go through, and they have to go through that. But the thing we all got to remember is that cops can only charge us and and hold us for criminal intent or, or suspicion or, you know, that they saw us commit a crime. They cannot hold us for civil type of infractions. Like if you, you know, you know what I mean? They can't hold you for civil infractions. Right. But, um, but only when you break a law is when they are able to step in. And the thing is, I think over time with the police department and stuff, they, we've allowed them to issue so many tickets in order to create a, a revenue for the state to have more money for other things. I don't think that's the way it should be. I, I think cops, should be encouraged to write as least tickets as possible. Like, okay, why why are you doing something stupid? Why are you doing that? Okay, stop doing that. 
I, I think if anything, maybe uh, maybe cities should be re- rewarded for the the lack of crime. You know what I mean? Give the cities that don't have any crime a a annual bonus from the government. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be like mm-hmm. you've got so much crime, we're just going to dump a bunch of money in it. That would, that, would, that would enable that would enable a police department quota, you know, for whatever. I mean, I think if you, I mean, then the flip side is that what are you supposed to do? Not give them the money, not uh, not let them no, hire just, more just, cops, not let them try no, and solve the problem. I'm just saying is that I think there should be a lot more white shirt shirt officers out there in times like these. I think there should be less of an incentive for cops to issue you a ticket because, you know, you did this or you did that. Maybe there's a way that they can put it in a system and if you're caught so many times doing something like that, they, they write you a ticket at that point, you know, maybe make you go to driver's ed or stuff. But I don't know. It's just, you know, I mean, People getting busted with low amounts of drugs. I mean, they let people live, sleep homeless on the street, on the sidewalks of Seattle, injecting themselves. Yeah, I know. Injecting themselves, you know, and leaving needles everywhere. And maybe people do it privately, but does that really give you the right to search their car? I mean, do you search this guy's tent? No, you know he's doing something, but you're going to search this guy's car and throw him in jail for the night and make his life a living hell, and he's probably going to lose his job. I don't think cops go out there looking for um, people that are... I mean, I've done a lot of shit in my life, and it's just kind of been under the rug. If you know how to live, you know, you can do things, but if you're under the radar about it, you won't get, just don't draw attention to yourself. But there are some people that get so comfortable doing fucked up things that they no longer live under the radar. They just are that way and they get caught. And that's what police see. They don't see the guy. They don't see the guy that's going 70 down the freeway every time. What happens when you're on the radar all the time and you feel that the radar is biased towards you? I mean, I'm with me and you. I understand where you're coming from. If you, and, you if know, you and I, if problems. if, if problems at all. Danny, if you and I lived in Alabama in the backwoods in a trailer park where there was a lot of meth being done, being made, uh, we would get profiled for being part of the meth ring, especially if we were like active in the neighborhood. These guys are out and about. These guys have twenty people in their garage every night. You know, like the cops would roll by and take a look, you know, like what are these guys up to? Oh, we're just drinking in the garage. Okay. Well, your neighbor is cooking meth. Um, and we're trying to put our finger on it. You know it's what I mean? Good. Huh? Is it good? Is it good shit? I'm being serious though, man. Like, it doesn't no, matter. I know, but I mean, me and you, we'd be like, cause I've had the cop knock on the door on the garage. At the old house sure. before. And it was when that girl, like, fucked up her car in the back alley. And I go, just leave it there. But we'll take care of it tomorrow, da 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 And uh, anyway, she's like, no, I got to get it. I go, okay, you know. So I had AAA. I called AAA. AAA was worried that I was going to drive the car because I called him. 
So he called the cops. I guess it's a thing with the cops. And so I'm sitting in the garage and I'm just getting ready. I'm just firing up a dab. <laughs> just toasting the shit of that now. And I just put the, I just put the hit on it. Like, oh. and I hear this knock, knock, knock at the door. And I'm, I'm coughing like you can't imagine. And uh, I go, yeah, come in. And I hear knock, knock, knock. So I'm like, ah, shit, I guess I locked it. I thought it was like one of the roommates trying to get in the garage. I opened the door and kind of walked away, and I turned back around to see who it was. It was this big, tall cop. Okay, but you weren't you weren't you weren't, you weren't you weren't you weren't smoking meth or doing lines of cocaine. You were smoking weed. And no, but he asked, "Hey, what's going?" No, but he was the reason he was called was because the tow truck guy right. was worried that he would get the car out of a what difficult I'm, situation. That's what I'm talking about. Danny is getting profiled. Okay, just because someone comes through, you know, and there was trouble back there, yeah, they'll ask questions. They'll, like, is this your car? You know, were you drinking and driving? Did you ditch it? Did you just crash it or whatever the fuck? They'll ask you those questions. But if it becomes clear that, you know, uh, you have no, no involvement, you were in the garage at the door lock and just hitting a dab, you know, I mean, like, they don't care. You could have been, actually, probably could have been hitting fucking Coke or meth or something like that. They don't really no, care but, unless you're. The girl, the girl who owned the car, she was sitting in the garage with me. Oh, well, who cares? And the cop, no, the cop was like, does she intend to go home? And she, I didn't even give her a chance to say, and I go, no, she ain't driving anywhere tonight. You know, we got back to the house, and we've been drinking since we got back here. You know, and he's like, well, how did the right, car so, get in that? So I go, I go, trying to very, I go, it's very, I go, it's, I go, it's very common for when friends come over, even in the middle of the day that they accidentally go into the, because it looks like all one and there's a little drop off there and it doesn't hurt the car. It just, you have to get a, you know, got to get a toe out of there. You know, it's not like the car flipped or anything. It just goes down about six inches and the tires are stuck. So you're spitting bullshit trying to cover her. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause she thought she was going to go. So you're lying to like, the cops. Well, I mean, <laughs> not at the time. Sure you at were. The time, You're speaking for at the time at the at the time I was trying to come up with my base best Dave Chappelle rendition of how do I get out of this shit. Well, dude, I thought it was Alex trying to go in the garage or Kenny trying to go in the garage to do a dab, and the next thing I know, there's a six foot eight cop in there. Just could have been like, she, like hey, could, what's up? Could have been like, hey, she was just trying to make a U-turn, got stuck, and I told her to just drink a beer and have that thing towed. So that's what we're doing. No, she, I made, I, I don't, dude, ever since I got my DUI, even though I didn't get in a car accident or anything, I just got pulled over. I just don't fuck with that. It's just like, it's too, it's too easy to get popped for something that you could have avoided, you know, and God forbid if you accidentally hit somebody, you're totally at fault. There's, I mean, you're screwed. You know, I mean, it's for me, it's just like, it's not even the worst. Okay, it's like, okay. I like to have fun, but okay. I'm going to drink if, and I'm going to make sure I get a right. Let me go back to what I was trying to say. If let's say yeah. where we were living was riddled with meth, bitch looks like a tweaker. You look like a tweaker and the cars in there sideways. They'd want to know what's up and they would do all that they could to bust you. And they were trying to do it. It sounded like. Is she going to drive? Did she drive? How did it get here? 
they're asking, and she's in there drinking a beer yeah. and doing weed with you. You're exactly you're exactly right. But the thing is, is that I kept the the talk short, and I made sure that he knew nobody was leaving the house. But he That's was he was he was pain. he was going through the steps of profiling you, like you guys are drinking. You guys, I smell pot. The car's in the yard sideways, and you're getting it towed? Yeah. Okay, that doesn't seem normal, because normal people just don't park the car in fucking sideways and hang out with strangers in the garage and all of a sudden start drinking. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not normal behavior. And probably about 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it's not, yeah, exactly. And it was 2 a.m.? <laughs> it was late. It was late. It wasn't like 6 p.m. or nothing. It was It was after things we got out of the bar. We got, things out, of the bar. We got out of the bar, and she drove down the alley, and she just pulled in, and I go, don't pull over there, and she kept pulling in. I was like, well, I guess you're not going anywhere for the night. Drunk driving. You know, I, uh, I even joked with the cops. I go, what she bought, and she wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> you know? Anyway, I, I'm, I'm saying, like, you've got to be doing something pretty obvious or they have a sneaking suspicion at 2 a.m. that something's going down. Now, if you guys were uh, black or Lat Latina, Latino, you're fucking Mexican, and you got your uh, Asian guy, you know, they're going to ask in those situations. It was obvious that you, it was your house. See, the thing is, they have a hard time proving that she drove at all. I know. But the thing is, there was only two people involved. Me and her were both sitting in the garage. The cop asked what was going on, and I told him exactly what was going on. I'm the one who called the tow truck because I didn't want to deal with this in the morning because I had to go to work. You know, and, and I think if I was black, if I was Hispanic, if I was Puerto Rican, I was whatever. I think I would respond in the same way because that's how I was raised to respond to somebody. It's like if the cop, if a cop pulls me over on the road and it's dark, I'm going to take my keys out of the ignition so he knows I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to put them on the dash. I'm going to turn the dome light on in my car and I'm going to keep my hands at 10 and 2 or whatever. And I'm just, I'm not going to move my hands because I'm going to make his job as easy as possible because I'm assuming Everywhere I go, whether it's a cop, somebody at the grocery store, uh, anywhere, anytime I see somebody, I'm assuming, I'm hoping that they've had somebody worse than I was that day. See? And I can just refresh her that I'm, I'm allowing them to do their job as quick and as, as fast as possible where I'm not fucking around neither. I'm just saying, hey, I'm not going to take my car and take off anywhere. I may or may not give you my ID depending on why you pulled me over, but I'm letting you know I'm cooperating and trying to make your job as easy as possible. So how you want to pursue if you, from this if point you on, grow up so you differently, do. you just kind of laid a key thing. Like I was, you know, I, I was told to do this and that. Well, what if you were told your whole life that, Hey, you know, you're getting targeted cause you're black and that's what you start to believe. So then I think that'd be, Right? I think that'd be a shame. And I think what happens is that, you know how when people think that they're wronged, they start to pop off? Kind of like I'm saying about the you know, the guy in the bar that gets when, kicked out. When someone starts yeah. thinking that they shouldn't be... Um, I mean, I see, oh, I, see, oh, I see these things on fucking um, 
Facebook all the time where some, a cop gets pulled over, a guy starts recording it, but he's purposely not giving them information uh, and, and acting shady. So the cop persists. Now, this person may be a, of color or not, but like, I'm sorry, if you're going to be uncooperative and uh, just assume that you are in the right and they are in the wrong, if that's how the conversation starts off, it's never going to go good for you, ever. Because they want to know why you're withholding things. Because it makes it seem fishy, right? Why is this guy not telling well, me everything? The one, thing too, the, the one thing, too, though, is there's some people that get pulled over. And I've seen a lot of these videos on YouTube. There's this firefighter not too long ago that pulled him over because of the, the tinning on his window. And he goes, no, I, it's all authenticated from the factory. And I actually got this permit. And, and I, he goes, well, I feel like I saw, that's, no, this, I is, this is one of the videos goes, I'm talking no, about. about yeah, I mean, there's certain times where you do need to stand up for your rights. But majority of the time, I bet you you're going to run into somebody who's kind of on your own level, laid back, or, or you know, maybe cautious because he doesn't know you. But if you allow him to feel more comfortable around you, he's probably going to treat you better, you know? Right. It's like anybody you need in life. I mean, if you all of a sudden bring all your friends that I've never met, I'm, I've got two choices. I can either kind of cold shoulder them because I don't know them. They're not friends of mine. Or I could kind of like, hey, I, I could open up a little bit. And if they open up to me, then I could see how this goes. And I got to have trust that, you know, it's a friend of yours. So if it's a friend of yours, you know, you probably trust them. And I almost got to trust with the cops, too, that if somebody hired this person, they've gone through somewhat of a lengthy uh, training to where they they know how to handle people and if you are one of the better uh, representatives of them to handle they're probably going to let you off easier most of the time hey listen people get profiled all the time I, I do it to uh, liberal cunts that walk through Seattle I just look at them like liberal cunt liberal cunt liberal cunt I see them all the time it, you know I mean you can even tell like the there's bunch of young black dudes that fucking stand on the corner of third and uh fucking pike and they're all selling drugs now is it because they're black do i believe that they're selling drugs no just as the same as i would assume that people in the backwoods in the fucking mobile home that look like tweakers are probably cooking meth back there you know what i'm saying like there's there's a point there's a certain point of profiling logic that it, it's just there's truth to it that's why it's a stereotype and that's why it's been around forever but you know, I just think that um, we we shouldn't say that they don't exist and people don't do it. Of course they do. But I think that the, on the flip side to it is you can't just say that this is happening to me because I'm white or I'm black or I'm Asian or I'm whatever. You know, like you can't. It, some of it could be by the actions that you're putting out there. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden you're taking the stance that it's a race thing. You know, I mean, it may you be, know, it may know, be, it may not be, but I don't, I don't in, inherently hate black people. I don't inherently hate Asian people, but there are some consistencies yeah. amongst different cultures for sure. For sure. For sure. But you know, in my early days of uh, retail, very much retail is one of those businesses. Anytime you get into any business, 
to where you deal with customers one-on-one. You profile. You think who's got money, who's going to spend it. Totally. Who's seriously looking for something and who's just asking questions. And you know what's funny? All the way from the when car that you, they drive up in. You're, you're profiling people on what you think they're going to spend. And then the longer I spent in retail, I learned that there's a lot of people that show up and, and fucking just jeans and a fucking porn t-shirt and they spend three grand. So you get to a point where you don't know who spends it, but the older you get, you realize you, uh, for me, I learned there's a big thing between uh, being smart, like having a high IQ and having a lot of wisdom. They don't correlate a lot. I've known a lot of people who are super smart and they have no wisdom at all. They have no, uh, and wisdom's where you can kind of, um, reflect and, 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 and visualize things and, uh, just kind of let it be. Because you know? of like diverse experience? Well, no, I, I look at it, the older I get in retail, I still stereotype people but I stereotype people and their wisdom. If somebody comes in and you, you realize who looks like a golfer and who doesn't, you realize who has their different flair. There's like, there's this black guy that comes in the shop all the time and, and there's just certain things he does to his outfit that, you know, he's doing a fashion statement in his own style, but it definitely has a golf flair. So, He's not one of those guys that have to look around the store like, you know, I know he's just a golf nerd. He's going in there and he wants to know, he wants to see what he's going to spend his next $600 on. I don't know if I'm going to get a putter and a wedge or a driver. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll save an extra $400 in a set of iron. He's just that guy. And so the older I get, I notice that I stop looking for racial tones and more of a mental tone. You know what I mean? Sure. When I look at somebody, like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, you can tell you, you can tell that guy's played a lot of golf. Like you said, you know, like. Well, yeah, but I can also throw, when he walks in the door, I could be like, good round, bad round. And he'll, and, and if it's any golfer, you know a golfer will stop. Hey, listen, you throw, you, th- you throw a. 20 seconds. Your story. You throw another. You throw another black guy in there from Third Avenue, like I'm talking about, like in your store. Like your entire store's watching them. You know what I'm saying? People just give off give off a tone, you know, of what their intentions are. You can body language is a real language. You know, I mean, we've only got a couple. You know, the last guy, huh? I know we only got like two minutes left, but the last guy I caught trying to steal in pro golf. Uh huh. Not only was he white, but he brought in like a year and a half year old kid and was carrying the kid around and he positioned three drivers around the side of the bag, went outside, repositioned his car right in the front door. So now our cameras have a great shot of his license. (laughs) And he comes, he comes back in. So he leaves his kid in the car and he's making a loop around the store like he's going to do something. And I already looked at the videotape and I looked at him and Buck's at the front. I told Buck, I told everybody. Buck takes a picture of the guy. He goes, hey, say cheese. And he takes a picture of the guy. And the guy's like, what? And I look at him. I go, hey, we got you on camera and everything like that. It ain't going to happen today. You're not going to get us today. And he goes, what are you talking about? I wasn't doing anything. And I go, dude, it's all on camera. 
cops are on their way. If you want to sit there and reveal with him, we'll press charges. But if you want to leave right now, I feel get bad because you have your year and a half, year and a half, under two year old kid in the car and you're trying to rob us of three drivers. I go, why don't you get out of the store and make better choices with your life? Yeah, no shit. And don't use your kid as a fucking, you know, no, accomplice. He, 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 he was a white guy. I stereotyped him as soon as he walked in the door, the way he acted, the way he... What do you mean? He, he looked like he was up to no good? Or you, or, yeah, he, or you thought he was like he a normal-ass dude? He, he, no, he... The way he looked with his eyes, he was always trying to see where the salespeople were. People who work there, he's always trying to see where we were all yeah. the time. See, you can pick you can pick little nuances and, up about anybody like that. Like, I mean, if you you can read in people's intentions, you know what I mean. That's why people you can see when somebody's trying to be shady. Sure, yeah, you 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 know the signs. I mean, like that's not that's not the average person that comes in there. They're looking because they're excited to be in there. They want to see what where's some clubs. I want to hit some clubs or. Oh, that's that looks fly. I want to fucking try that shit on, like you know, or hey, hey, buddy, what's the new best ball? You know, like that's the type. You get someone that's in there is usually excited to be in there. And it's like a, it's when like, you it's, ask, like a, it's like a candy store for golfers. When you ask when you're a salesperson and you ask somebody for help, they either ask you for say, oh yeah, I'm looking for this, or they blow you off. And the way they blow you off is a key indicator. Sure. If they're trying to get rid of you, or if they're just like, dude, I don't need your help right now. So if they're trying to get rid of you, you know that's the type of person you need to be around more. Sure. You need to make them feel uncomfortable. If they're trying to make you feel uncomfortable, now you need to make them feel uncomfortable. You just keep asking, hey, you sure I can't help you? Oh, God, you see this big wedge? You see this? You see, oh, yeah. And you just keep talking to them, and they're like, fuck, I got to get out of here. Yeah, you see that fucking SpaceX launch, buddy? <laughs> I know. That was some wild shit. Those guys are on the space so. station now. I saw some of that this morning. But yeah, I wonder if they can look out one of those windows on the space station and see that Tesla still going out in space. They got a Tesla out in space just flying around? You didn't notice? You didn't know that? No, yeah, when, I didn't. When, uh, Juan Musk made his first one of his uh, uh, one of his first production Teslas went up in a space station with a uh, robot with an astronaut's uh, uh, outfit on in the driver's seat, and it's a convertible, and they just just pushed it off in space. Fucking so wild! Fucking wild! He's got a Tesla convertible going around with an astronaut driving it. Well, that's crazy shit. Keep on rocking in the free world, everybody. That's all we got for you. That's all we got. Have to say peace for the night and uh, check it out on iTunes. Check it out on Spotify. But we'll uh, bring another one to you probably real soon. See you, everybody. Peace.